Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the... Uh, uh, oh, oh. You know, if you got to look up the word before you use it, man... Anosmia. The Anosmia Attic. Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Well, I don't even know what you just said. Uh, so I'll, I'll, that aside, I'm doing much better than I was actually a week ago when we recorded last week. I was starting to get a little stuffy and feeling a little scratchy. And I think I mentioned that we were fighting off the, uh, the COVID gods and I lost. Yeah. Yeah. Your teenagers dragged it into the house as they do. As they do. And they're like, uh, they're, they're always like dragging in like, you know, dead birds that they caught. Yeah. So Thursday morning I woke up and there was, n- there was no being in denial anymore. I definitely was sick. And, and interesting enough, the first time I took a test, I was still negative, but I knew that I, you know, I needed to hunker down and then sure enough by Thursday night or Friday morning I was testing positive and well uh, you are been, an optimist yeah well you know trying to you know but then I, I wrote it out you know I and and I know that this this thing affects people really seriously so I, I'm not making light of it at all but you know I'm double boosted and I feel like that probably helped me a little bit and uh, it mm-hmm. was a really really bad cold is kind of yeah. what I had and uh, I'm I'm like 95% at this point. Um, five minutes ago, I was 90%. But then right before we we sat down to record, my smell came back. Which, Anosmia. Which is, uh, was a great, great big boon to my, my uh, the way I'm feeling. Because, you know, tomorrow being Thanksgiving and not really looking forward to it. If I couldn't smell or taste. And now all of a sudden it's back. And so I'm much better than I was even five minutes ago. Well, congratulations on losing your anosmia. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm on the home stretch now. And, uh, I feel like, you know, we're all, we're all, uh, trying to get through this and you make our, our, our postponed family Thanksgiving, Ben, for, for Saturday. That is true. You were supposed to be here on Thursday. Um, but you have COVID. Yeah. Appreciate you postponing it till Saturday. So, you know, give us. Well, a few it wasn't more just you. There's another family that we, we invited and and their dirty teenagers also got COVID. Right. And so I, uh, I know that it's more about them than us. Like, so I know that if it had just been us, you would have had dinner tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, so I'm thankful for them, too, getting COVID, because now now that gives us a shot to be there on Saturday. Yeah, that's definitely true. We definitely like them more than you. <laughs> um, They're nice you know, people. I can't. You know. They play D&D with us regularly instead of just making spot appearances like you. Yeah, well they live 10 minutes yeah. from you too, so. That that also does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, anyway, uh let's see. Uh I, I have a question for you. I have oh, a question. Okay. The, the 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 question is, Matthew, what yes. was the worst haircut you've ever had? The worst haircut, well, first of all, it's been a long time since I've had a haircut. Uh, I, I give myself. So would you say your, your current one? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. I mean, now in retrospect that I don't have hair and I used to have it. I, I, I regret complaining about any haircut back then because at least I was getting haircuts. Do you you regret all those buzz cuts you used to get? Yeah, I do a little bit because, Mm. you know, so. I had really nice, flowy kind of the hair, kind of like the, how the kids do it today with the hair kind of in the face and all that. And I had that up until oh, about yeah. my junior year. And then, you know, I was a runner and I got really tired of pushing the hair out of my face as I was running. Yeah. And yeah. so I finally just went and and got it buzzed. And the funny thing about that is I used to go to a hairdresser and I asked her to buzz it and she refused. Mm. And so I had to leave there and go to a barber who gladly gave me the buzz cut? You know, it was like a, it was a more of a flat top at the time because that was kind right. of in style back in the late '80s, and and <laughs> so so I had a flat top, and then you know eventually that kind of just morphed into just a buzz cut, and uh, and I I was that way for a while, and then I grew it out a little bit in college, and then but then it was it was starting to thin, and uh, and and then by my 
I don't know, late 30s, I was like, okay, I can't hide this anymore. And I just started kind of, you know, buzzing it a little bit closer again. And so, so yeah. And, and, and I used to go to uh, sports clips to get my hair okay. cut. And, and I yeah. went there because they give you the hot towel and they do the massage gun on your back. Yeah. And, and that was like my favorite part. And yeah. and then I realized that uh, it was pretty silly to kind of go get my haircut just for a hot towel and my massage because it was really they were just clipping my hair. And so yeah. I just finally bit the bullet and bought my own clippers and been doing my own ever since. So Yeah. Yeah. That's because you're a Gen Xer. We, we don't believe in self-care. Right. But, right. Because that's just this, a waste. This, I, mean, I mean, yeah, this whole like pampering yourself, self-love. <laughs> I mean, self-love sounds like something you just keep to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you don't admit to it. You don't say anything about it. Somebody asks you true, you know, truth or dare. You have to say yes, obviously. But most of the time, self love is not something you talk about in public. No. Well, and yeah, and and, yeah. and I just on that note, you just reminded me. So the other night, I was fixing my Apple TV. I had to reload. I had to re- reset it. Uh, it was having some oh. problems, and uh, and when I was doing that, I was going through, and I noticed they had the fitness app thing on the Apple TV, and I click on that, and they have all these videos on meditation. Did you know that you could just like sit in front of your TV and meditate for like five or ten minutes? I don't even know what the word for meditation is. I had to ask my daughter. I said, "What's that thing that they do when they sit in a dark room with their legs crossed, <laughs> and they just and they're just alone with their own thoughts?" And she <laughs> looks at me and she says, "Do you mean meditation?" And I was like, yeah, meditation, that's it. And then she rolled her eyes real big. I was going to say the which, look of scorn must have been really yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> I deserved it. I deserved it. But, um, but, but, yeah, I mean, like, I cannot think of a, a less Gen Xer thing to do. Unless you're, like, one of those gurus. I mean, we have a lot of gurus in, the, in our generation. They're the ones that kind of, I think, really passed all this stuff on to the millennials. Yeah, yeah, there had to yeah. be that role for somebody. But Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. But, uh, no, yeah, I, <laughs> self-care. Well, the hardest so part about that meditation part was the sitting on the floor. Like, I I was toppling over. Like, I'm trying to, like, treat, be all relaxed, but I can't keep myself in a re- relaxed state while sitting with my legs crossed. And then I realized that a lot of them have this special, like, pillow wedged under their butt to help mm-hmm. them, like, I guess, hold that position. And I realized they were cheating and I didn't have that cheat. So, yeah. um, so no meditation for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a really good way for me to cut off the circulation to my feet. <laughs> Um, so anyway, folks, today is Wednesday, November 23rd, as we record this podcast. The Giants went zero and zero this week uh, because they're not playing games. Um, but but and yes, folks, this is probably all we're going to talk about this show. There have been major, major developments in the pursuit of one Aaron Judge He is in San Francisco visiting friends and family. He must have a lot of friends and family at Oracle Park because we know he spent all day Tuesday there. Lots of friends. Before hopping on the riverboat to Stockton and then a short Uber ride from Stockton to Linden for Thanksgiving. But before we get into all of that, we uh, we have some business to take care of. Bob, hit me. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Well, I I don't know if you all know. Maybe this is the first time you're listening to our show, which wouldn't surprise me. Uh, You know, like, this is is the time. This is the the absolute time to start listening to a a random Giants uh, slash cocktails podcast. But but for those of you who have been listening, you know I have been working my way through Planter's Punches. Uh, as I will continue to do until the Giants sign one Aaron Judge. Um, but I'm trying to make them relevant to to what's going on in the broader world. And, and tomorrow is Thanksgiving. And so I have settled in now on my Thanksgiving planter's punch. And um, it is very similar to, to what we did last week. But I made some very, very important modifications that I think make this much more festive and a lot less likely for you to say something stupid at Thanksgiving. Which I know, I mean, I know for most of us is probably a given. We're all going to do it, right? But I just don't want it to be my fault. Like, I don't want it to be my fault that you, listener, said something stupid about your Uncle Bob. So you lower the octane just a little bit? Uh, 
Yes, I lowered the octane a little bit. So so and and I also I you know we have that traditional ratios the whole the whole rhyming couplet uh, you know one part uh, one part sweet or sorry one part sour two parts sweet three parts strong four parts weak um, I actually tweaked that a little bit to just be more traditional cocktail uh, ratios um, and that are a little bit easier to 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 do with them when you're, if you're making these individually uh, and so this week. The cocktail is uh, one and a half ounces of Demerara rum. Uh, this is a Demerara Jamaican rum. Sorry, no, uh, Puerto Rican rum. And um, then uh, I did keep some of that overproof rum. The Remember, I was using the Plantation OFTD uh, rum, which is 69% alcohol. Nice. And uh, so I did a half ounce of that. So it's one and a half ounces of Demerara rum, half an ounce of the overproof um, Jamaican rum, and then a, an ounce of cinnamon simple syrup. Uh, I did make that myself. I rattled off the recipe last week. You can go listen to that that on the uh, on last week's show. And then I did half an ounce of of lime juice, and I shook that with ice in a traditional shaker, and then I strained that and poured that over a mug full of ice. And then I topped that with two ounces of spiced apple cider. I'm using a store brand from that place called, you know... Shopper John's. Yeah, Shopper John's. And uh, But I'm using the spiced version, not the unfiltered, not a clean, not, not the clean like Martinelli's that I used um, a couple weeks ago. But this is the spiced, um, spiced uh, apple cider. Uh, I served that, I stirred that, I, I, and then I sprinkled, I, sorry, grated a little bit of fresh nut mug over there. Don't overdo this, because I think I got a little carried away, you know? I actually had the, the FaceTime on with Matthew, and he was watching me make it, and I was getting all into it and super fancy, and I just grated way too much, you know? Just a touch, just a dash, and then I garnished that with a cinnamon stick, and, uh, and it is, um... Mmm, Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty frosty and good. Um, you know, and now what I'm thinking about it, Matthew, is you don't taste the rum at all. This is just like super sweet and like, mm, this is so holiday. Uh, you're <laughs> going to have three of these before you sit down at dinner. You're definitely going to say something about Bob's mistress. <laughs> Your Uncle Bob's mistress. Um, and whoever is uh, whoever is uh, Bob's uh, nieces or nephews, um, my condolences. <laughs> Because he's a pain in the butt. Anyway, Bob, that's what I'm drinking. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Well, thank you, Bob. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, I had a dilemma this week. It's kind of hard to test out cocktails when you can't breathe, smell, or taste. Anosmia. Kind of limits, you know, what you can do. I, I, I tried a hot toddy. Uh, one night and, and while that helped clear me up, it, it wasn't really like something that I would normally drink and I, you know, and, and, but Hey, you know, Google hot toddies, there's lots of recipes out there. You're ever kind of congested and, you know, still want a little nip of the, of the, of the booze, uh, definitely a way to go. Uh, but luckily for me, I had been testing a couple of cocktails before I got sick and particularly, I was trying to find a non-traditional fall-type cocktail that you might enjoy uh, around the holidays. And so what I decided on was this cocktail called a tequila cinnamon sour. And it's got two ounces of Blanco tequila or Reposado if you want to turn it up a notch. And actually, I did try the Reposado, and uh, I, I much preferred that. So I would, I'm going with that. Let's go with the Reposado tequila. An ounce of agave syrup, an ounce of lemon juice, and a quarter teaspoon of ground cinnamon, and an egg white. And if you're using the pasteurized egg white, use about an ounce of, of egg white there. And you put that all in a cocktail shaker and without ice, and you shake it vigorously for about 20 to 30 seconds. Like, really just go to town on it. Uh, and then throw in some ice and shake it again until it's chilled and then double strain it into a coupe glass and garnish it with a cinnamon stick. Uh, if you want, maybe a little pinch 
of cinnamon on top. And uh, it's quite lovely. It is a nice uh, kind of... Uh, it's got a lot of substance to it, and uh, and it's the tequila kind of brings home that, and the cinnamon brings home the the fall kind of you know feeling that you're trying to get there. So, uh, I think it's a great uh, cocktail to have with your Thanksgiving dinner, or maybe after Thanksgiving, or what the heck before Thanksgiving. Because some of you eat rather late, you know, you could enjoy this cocktail where you're watching the football game or something. And uh, so I'm I'm going with that one today. I think out here on the West Coast, where most of our listeners are, yes, there are some of you guys that are, you know, transplants, and you're in Virginia or Japan or whatever. Um, I think most people eat their Thanksgiving around, like, a little bit early, like like 4 or 5 o'clock, right? Yeah. But I think there's some places in the Midwest where they're eating it like, they're eating like a brunch. Like, it's like Thanksgiving brunch. Yeah, I don't Have understand that. Yeah, I, I don't, like, what, what do you do for the rest of the day? Eat, I guess, eat leftovers? I don't know. Go to Friendsgiving? Yeah. Maybe you're hitting several places. I I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that sounds very lovely. Uh, I'm sorry that you can't taste it as well as you might. Um, I, 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 you know, um, I, I like the, I like the idea of kicking it. You know, the, the whole thing about the, the, the white tequila versus the reposado, which is like traditionally people will say reposado is like something you should not mix cocktails with. But I do agree that it's a little bit of a, a gray area, and oftentimes you really can tell the difference, right? It, it takes, it adds a little bit of body, it makes things a little bit more mellow, um, and it takes some of that bite away. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I you know, I would encourage people to try both. Try both. And I did, right? And I and I totally decided that the Reposado was the one for me. But if you only got Blanco, then it'll be a fine cocktail with the Blanco as well. Right. And if you're afraid of tequila, stop it. <laughs> How could you be afraid of tequila? Because uh, you drank some really bad stuff or you watched a lot of TV shows where people are like, oh, tequila. It's like they're all this. They all have alcohol in them, people. That's the thing. You're That's the poison. I, I will say. So that's, it's funny you mentioned that. So I remember w- right after my wife and I had bought our first home. And before we had kids, for some reason, and I don't remember the whole circumstance around this, we decided that we wanted to try tequila shots. And 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 so we got some tequila, and we got the limes and the salt, and and we did this this shot, and it was the most, it was the worst thing that I've ever tasted in my life. Right? It was so bad. And in retrospect, we had just bought a home, so I had no money. And, and I probably just bought the cheapest, like it was probably in a plastic bottle tequila that I could find. Right. And so that was our mistake. And so I did stay away from tequila for a very long time because I was like, outside of margaritas, I was like, okay, I'm just not a tequila guy, but now I know better. Like, you know, definitely go with, you know, a, uh, a, a you know middle mid shelf at the very least tequila uh, stay away from from that bottom shelf stuff yeah drinking a really nice añejo is like drinking warm drinking warm butter oh so good you know it just it just goes down so warm and toasty and uh and it does not have the the burn that that you know all of you well i mean i get it you don't have any money right <laughs> you know you're if you're a millennial you've never had any money you still don't have any money that's our fault. I get it. Um, but, it, you know, splurge. Splurge on yourself, kids, and, and, and try some of the reposados or the añejos because, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm probably preaching to the choir. If you're still listening to the show, you guys all know. You all know what a good tequila is. Yeah. Maybe we should just move on. Let's move on. I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about, though. So There's only one thing to talk about, Matthew. One thing. Um, one thing. And, and what we learned last week is, is that people are not interested in tequila. So that's the last time I make up a fictional tequila and put that in the title. <laughs> yeah, we're learning that the title does make a difference, doesn't it? Uh... I yeah. If we put the word "judge" in the title, then it's like we the, all the downloads. You know, all the downloads. If if the word if the word "judge" appears in in the title, everybody's coming. They're like, oh, they know something. We don't know squat. But uh, but hey, it's fun to talk about, and that's you know. So Matthew. Um, it was your job today 
to be stalking uh, Mr. Judge. Um, where's he doing? What's he doing? How are things? Did he catch you? Did you have any problems with security? Because <laughs> I, I really just did laps around Oracle Park yesterday and just could not get anywhere. The cops eventually did show up and asked me to leave. <laughs> Well, I, I've only been doing the cyber stalking and, uh, you know, refreshing Twitter, looking at all the what's really fun is going to the Yankees websites and, and Twitter uh, because you get a lot of good information from them. And the poor, poor Yankees fans at first, they were all like, oh, judge, we got, you know, now they're getting a little testy. And uh, um, they're definitely uh, starting to get a little nervous about judge leaving the Yankees. And, uh, and they, I think they should. Because uh, yeah, we saw the other night, uh, so on Monday night, minding my own business on Twitter, as one does, and John Morosi sends out a tweet that is a video of Aaron Judge, and Aaron is, uh, you know, that he's in a hotel in San Francisco, and the person who's filming him says, "Aaron Judge in San Francisco, what are you doing here?" And he's he and he was so coy, he's like, "Oh, you know, just visiting family and friends," and gives this little wink as he says it, and. Oh, like my whole insides turned to jello. Like I was like, oh, oh, oh the, the <laughs> wink. And just, and then, and then she's like, got any plans? And he's like, oh, we got something. And I was just like, oh, yes. And, and I played that video about a million times. Like just, oh. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, he's not lying because he probably, you know, he probably is like, you know, leveraging the week, going to spend, uh, spend Thanksgiving at home, um, one would assume. Uh, and by home, I mean Linden. Uh, he'll probably drive there. He might even drive on 580 right by my house. Uh, he's, <laughs> right. he's probably not taking a riverboat to Stockton and then an Uber from Stockton to Linden. But you no. could do it that way, folks. You could. You could. Uh, no, if I the saw Giants are doing video. this right, think... then they send him in a helicopter, right? It's just like, hey, well. That's fair. That's fair. Right. Yeah, just lift it off from, from Oracle uh, Park right from the, in the outfield, right? The, yes. Right from where he would stand. Oh. They like would it. just, you know, and then and then just get into the helicopter from there, and then just fly him back. Uh, That's right to Linden, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I hope they did it that way. Uh, no, I saw the same video, and I think Matthew, we all know that I'm the pessimist, and 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 I, you know, I have been sort of saying all along that I I, I don't believe, like I don't believe that our our leadership has the ability to, to go outside of their comfort zone. They don't know how to sign free agents. They're not willing to pay that extra San Francisco premium, you know? Um, and I even think that was a little bit reinforced because Farhan gave some sort of interview recently where he was like, people don't want to come to San Francisco because I don't know what, we're, we're too... We're too, I mean, are we too the L word? Is that what it is? Like, you know, these guys don't want to come here because we're too L word. I did, I did read an article that was all going on about the taxes. And I was like, the Padres and the Dodgers are in the same boat and free agents want to go there. I get it. It's yeah. warmer down there. Is that the problem? Is Are we too cold, Matthew? That could or are be we it. too L word? Are we too L word? Eh, could be it too. I... I don't know. I, I think each individual, right, is uh, yeah. That's is, fair. Is that's fair. But, well, and that's what. But I, I, I was going to say, I think you know, the, the Giants lately have been making an effort to really prioritize drafting and signing local people who grow up in the Bay Area, and I think there's a reason for that, right? Because they don't have to sell them on the region the way they do maybe from somewhere right. else. Right. Right. I mean, I will say this. Like, I mean, there are some obvious things that are different about the Dodgers and the Giants, right? Like. I, I, and you and I know that the Giants are a better organization, but the Giant, the Dodgers, you know, they're in L.A. and they do have a certain cachet. And then San Diego has a certain, you know, reputation as in, you know. Um, Choking. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like it's like you go there to play baseball, but then you realize it's warm. And, and so maybe you don't try as hard, but you're in San Diego, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, at San Francisco and San Francisco is a little bit of a. I mean, it's far, right? It is like I can think of maybe only Seattle as being worse in terms of like isolation from the rest of, of Major League Baseball, right? Yeah. Like every trip is a is a haul from there, right? And then and then yeah, if you're if you're one of these guys who grew up riding, you know, riding, 
I don't know, horses and shooting pheasants with a shotgun, like maybe you're maybe you have a certain perception about the Bay Area that, that turns you off a little bit, uh, you know. But here's here's the thing. Money solves all of that. Right. That's my belief. Like if you if we have to pay a premium uh, to deal with those things, and I, and I think it probably is the distance is probably the biggest thing, you know, and then when you're doing comparing Southern California and Northern California to somebody who doesn't know California at all, they're probably going to bias towards, you know, the warm weather. Um, but here's the thing, just pay them more. Right. Like that's the premium that you've got to pay. The good news is you have a great fan base that supports you. And yeah. and you're still one of the top five organizations in terms of revenue. And and so, like, to me, the issue is not the location. To me, the issue is the unwillingness of these regimes to pay extra. Right. Which the Dodgers are willing to do. And I think which the Padres have now demonstrated they're willing to do. So anyway, all of that is a long winded way of me saying that I didn't have faith in our regime. But suddenly, Matthew, I'm feeling it. Suddenly I'm like, this actually could be real. Like, this might happen. Like, they could actually get the top free agent, not only of this gen of this year, but of, you know, many years past. Like, and, and, and if they don't, it's probably not going to be because of the money. It's going to be because he wants to be a lifelong Yankee. And that's just... I mean, that's just something the Giants cannot compete with, except, you know, he could be uh, he could play for the team and be a lifelong Yankee or he could play for the team that he always wanted to play for all his life. And that's which I think those are two strong, compelling arguments. Yeah. And I and I do think that there I mean, I know because I've seen it on social media, there are a lot of fans out there that are just so pessimistic like that around. Oh, Farhan's too cheap to uh to do this and he's not cheap you know i mean he 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 was willing to pay Bryce Harper 300 you know 20 million and over 12 years but you know i mean it's i don't it's for the right guy like you you know and i think that that's the distinction that you know we see you you can't just throw money at anyone and money doesn't necessarily build a good team uh, it's the right opportunity, and I feel like the stars are aligned where this is the right opportunity, and the Giants realize that this is this is something they've got to do, not only to help their team, but to engage a fan base. Uh, and and there's a lot of reasons, both baseball and and business related, that would uh, indicate that this is something the Giants are are all in on. And the way yeah. that they're doing this, what kind of spells that out, right? I mean, um, you know, there's reports. That uh, that they've they've engaged with Steph Curry to 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 kind of help with the recruitment. And and I thought that was smart because, hey, why don't you talk to the superstar that's a few blocks away on how he's learned to live and play in San Francisco? And uh, and oh, by the way, he happens to be, you know, the best basketball player on the planet. And and so. I thought that was smart, you know, kind of utilizing that. I, I heard, I saw a rumor going around that that he's going to be sitting courtside at the or uh, Warriors game tonight. We'll see if that ends up happening. But uh, you know, they're definitely kind of showing him, you know, what it's like to be in San Francisco and the star power and what it's about. And uh, I, I think they're, you know, that 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 I thought was a good a good first step. It's kind of cool to see his teammates. Starting to to kind of or potential teammates, I Future should say. Future teammates, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, to to uh, who are getting in on it? Jock Peterson on his Instagram story this week was, uh, you know, did his whole you know we got ninety nine problems, but uh, winning ain't one, and uh, and tagged uh, said we're ready when you are, you know, and number ninety nine, and so. I just, you know, and then Crawford and uh, I don't remember someone else kind of jumped in on there, and so, uh, you know, that's kind of fun to see that you know the the teammates are our potential teammates are getting excited about it, and so I feel yeah. like there's some energy there that this, that wasn't there in previous you know free agent chases. Right, Logan Logan Webb, I think, was one of the other guys. That's um, right. That's right. Yeah. The real question I want to know is Matthew. It was the Holy Trinity there. Were were all of the great childhood memories of Aaron Judge present? Was Barry I there? Was Rich Richie Aurelia? Richie Aurelia, and was Jonathan, and what, Jonathan Sanchez? Sanchez. There. 
Yeah, I, that yes. I don't know because you know we couldn't get inside the park to to see. But, uh, but I did my best. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they were there, or at least have reached out to him. Right at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for those of you who don't follow Jonathan Sanchez on on social media, he 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 he's a he's a he's a giant he's a forever giant without a doubt um he he regularly uh posts about his time with the giants and um and i guess if you don't know by now that is one of aaron judge's most prized uh autographs was an autograph from from jonathan sanchez um and uh and yeah, so I, I I mean I think what I just love about those guys, Richie Aurelia and Jonathan Sanchez, is is that it, you know if you were a fan of the team during that time period, which was you know the, what are we calling them the, the aughts, you know the two thousands into the two thousand teens, like that that times frame, um, you know we all know who the superstars were. They were Jeff Kent, they were Barry Bonds. Um, and there were a lot of guys who were brought in that were here for brief periods of time, but, you know, it made a big splash like, you know, Beltron. But, you know, guys like Jonathan Sanchez and, and Rich Aurelia, they were we all knew who they were because they were our guys and they did great things. Right. You know, like uh, Richie in 2001, uh, you know, Jonathan Sanchez could, you know, he could put together single game performances with the best of them. Right. And and a huge part of that first World Series. Um, and I uh, I just love the fact that those are the guys that Aaron Judge talks about, because to me, that demonstrates how deeply he is connected to the Giants at an emotional level. Right. He's a fan of the Giants. And um, and I hope those guys were there. Or at least if they weren't there, I hope they were. They've been calling them. You know, they've been putting the pressure on um, because uh, because that's the sort of thing that that nobody else can replicate, right? You can't. No other team out there can be like, here, let me just pull up your childhood hero and have him say, "Come be part of the family." Yes, because right? those those particular athletes that he was a, that are his heroes are still part of the organization in some way or another. So, right. yes, not like they're just off, you know, fishing or something. They're actually still part of right. the organization. So, so for me, this you know, like I've been the pessimist, right? I I'm like I don't believe, like I don't think the Giants are really, you know, they're, they're not going to do what they need to do. They're not going to do the needful. They're not going to spend three hundred million dollars. They're not going to offer an eight, nine, or ten year contract. But let's say I'm wrong. You're wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think I'm definitely wrong. But the only other team that we have to be worried about is the Yankees, right, Matthew? Theoretically, but then there's always there's always the freaking Dodgers. The D word. Yeah, and and I yeah I think we've talked about this a little bit in the past, and that just I just can't see the Dodgers being uh, the team that 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 would sway him away from the Yankees and the and the Giants because but they're really the only other team with the pockets to probably be able to make an offer. And it's interesting because yesterday there was a report that went out that uh that said that the Giants uh or the Dodgers rather had offered had made an offer to Aaron Judge which was declined. Now what's interesting about that is that we're hearing that the the Giants visit is his first visit to a team outside of the Yankees in his free agent part thing. So for them to send out an offer without a visit, you know, is, is interesting. And, and what's more interesting is that the offer was extremely low. Um, reportedly it was 214 million and they didn't, the, the rumor didn't include the terms, but you got to assume that it's like a five or six year uh, offer uh, versus the eight, nine or 10 that he could conceivably get. And, and that got me thinking, why would the Dodgers offer such a low number with a low uh, number of years on the contract when they know he's going to be getting 300 to $320 million offer? And I, the only thing that came to my mind was they're screwing with Farhan. And I know this might sound weird and maybe it's, maybe it's overfetched, but I feel like, 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 if the Dodgers are saying, hey, he's not worth more than five or six years, do you think that's and they're and we know that Farhan loathes giving out these long term contracts. 
Do you think maybe they were giving him that offer just to kind of drive it home to Farhan that, hey, this we're the Dodgers and we're not going to give him that kind of contract and you're thinking about it? Hmm. Well, so first of all, I, I think the Dodgers are sticking their noses in because they can't help not stick their noses in. Right? Well, also, it's good business to kind of drive up Drive some, yeah. you, know, you know, to try and mess the process up for your division rivals, right? Right. If, well, if it if it was five or six years, that's somewhere between uh, thirty five million to forty two million dollars a year. So maybe what they're saying is is like they're trying to make sure that if the Giants do spend this money, that they're going to be in in that bracket. But I think that's obvious, right? Like I think we all like thirty five million to was the bare minimum. I've been forty two is a number that I've been throwing around. It's it's outrageous. It's un. It's unfathomable. But it might take that to get him to come away from the Yankees, right? So, so like that's. I, I think maybe that's what the Dodgers were trying to do. The other thing is, is that it it tells me that um, that you know if if they made this offer to him, probably unsolicited, right? Maybe they didn't even reach out to the Dodgers, and he doesn't have a trip there planned. Means he never had a trip there planned. Meaning like. Over his dead body, am I going to play for the Dodgers? <laughs> right? Like, and, and we talked about this in the past. Why would you go to the Dodgers if you already play for the Yankees? Right. And the Yankees are ready to build a statue. They're, they're going to put a plaque with your face on it next to Derek Jeter and Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Like, that's assured if you sign this contract. Right? You're going to be part of of Monument Park out there in center field in Yankee Stadium if you sign this contract. That's what you're going to get. Or you get to go to your hometown team, the team of Jonathan Sanchez and Rich Aurelia. Right? Those are like, the Dodgers don't have anything that compares to that. No. <laughs> Not to this kid. Exactly. Right? And that's the thing. Like, I think, and I don't mean that in terms of like, you know, he's, he's a kid because he's younger than me. I mean that in like in a lot of ways the Giants are are trying to appeal to that child to that kid who grew up as a Giants fan, and and the Dodgers can't offer that right and so so that tells me that they're 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 kind of like well we're not part of this dance at all but it you know our fans are probably not going to appreciate it if we don't at least make a shot, and so this is our shot and to me it's kind of like a shot that's small enough that they know it won't be accepted. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and so so that's one part of it. On the other hand, the pessimist in me is like, hmm, maybe Farhan would fall for that. <laughs> Good. But no, I, I think it's more the latter. I think it's more like they just felt like they have to make an offer because they want to be part of the discussion. And they at the very least, you know, they want to let him know they're interested. But I think we all know he's probably not interested. Right. He's going to the Yankees or the Giants. And maybe maybe it's also to let their fans know that they're they're in on you know the big yeah I think that's more show. important probably than anything else especially how angry that fan base is right now <laughs> I mean I don't know maybe maybe they're, they're they're chilling out it's been a couple months maybe they've come down a little bit from from the anger like Dave Roberts still has a job unfortunately um, my guess is that if Dave wasn't fired by now he's not going to be fired no he was never going to be fired he was never going to be fired but we could have hoped Matthew. <laughs> Tinglers out there. They could have had the tingler. They could have had the ting. Yep. Or or Paulo Duca. You know? <laughs> he could have been the manager. That's the only reason I can think of Paulo Duca throwing shade at Dave Roberts. Is he's trying to he's trying to he's trying to steal that job. Anyway. <laughs> uh but you know, so I think it's a two horse race, right? But I'm the pessimist. I like to think realist. And I feel like the Yankees have to have the upper hand here, right? I mean, this is the organization he's known his whole life. I mean, maybe they've done a few things weird about his money. Well, you know, so maybe I, he but I think that's a good that's a good point. I mean, that's not that's not a little thing, right? I mean, they 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 lowballed him before the season started, right? Then on top of that, then they announced publicly what they had offered him. Which makes him look bad because he turned down a lot of money. Yeah, it makes him look uh, makes him look greedy. Right, yeah. and then and then and then he's well, got they, what? No, what? Well, go ahead. They went to arbitration with him almost. They was the, they were in the room. They were in the room getting ready to do their arguments between seventeen and twenty one million dollars. 
That's ridiculous. The Yankees were quibbling over $4 million with Aaron Judge less than a year ago. Well, maybe a little a little bit more than a year ago. That's like that's the taste they left in his mouth. And now they're like, oh, the checkbook, you know, the bank vault is open. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Like he he bet on himself and he won. And they're having to now eat crow and try and figure it out. And and so I just I don't see I, I mean, I think that's a big problem for them. You know, and then and then the other part is that, you know, he he's you there were times last year when Yankee fans were booing him in the midst of one of the greatest seasons ever played. And and so to Yankee fans to be all upset that he's thinking of leaving, well look in the mirror, Yankee fans. You know, you're like, you know, yeah, because I think, you know, the Yankees struggled at times this year. You know, they they were they, they got off to a good start and then were struggling. And so, you know, Yankee fans were being Yankee fans. They wanted someone to blame and they're booing. And it was just ridiculous. And so so now he's got that fresh in his mind. He's got a, a club that lowballed him and then publicly announced what they had offered. Then then you've got fans that were booing him. And and now all of a sudden he's got his childhood team not to mention the fact that his wife also grew up in Linden, right? So it's not just him, because we all know that when you're married, you don't just make these decisions on your own. If it's close, you're going to your spouse and saying, help me make this decision. Now, is she going to be like, oh, I don't want to go live near my family? No. And so I I think that there's, so it's it's right of you to be pessimistic, but I think there are a lot of reasons pointing us down to be more optimistic than we've ever been. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think, you know, I mean, I think ultimately the biggest arguments are about the money, right? Like, why would an organization that was fighting you over $4 million a year ago, right? They they eventually settled on $19 million with two incentives worth $250,000 each. He got one of those incentives by winning the AL MVP. Um, he didn't get the other incentive because he was not the MVP of the World Series. <laughs> um, right. I mean, and and so so, you know, they settled at 19 million when the Yankees offered 17 and he countered with 21 during arbitration. Um, the fact that they just didn't give him 21 million dollars, I think, speaks volumes. And I think that speaks more volumes than than anything else. You know, I mean, there are certain fan bases out there that are going to do what they do, right? We know we know how the Philadelphia fan base is. We, we you know, the Yankees fan base is is very similar to that. They're they're and interestingly enough, they're different than the Mets fan base in that regard. But you know, like yeah, I think the modern Yankee fan base, man, those guys would boo Lou Gehrig when he was announcing his retirement. You know, I mean, that's just who the Yankees fans are. Like, and, and I actually say that is kind of like I don't think that matters as much. I mean, it might matter to me. I don't know that it matters to Aaron Judge, right? Like, I don't think he's going to say, like, and, and, you know, again, I don't understand his perspective, right? Because I, it's very, very different, I'm sure, to be inside of the organization than to be outside of it and being a fan, right? And you know how we are as on this podcast, right? How we talk about some of these players, right? And they, they probably wouldn't appreciate it. Um, but it's our prerogative as fans. And it's just like it's the Yankees fans' prerogatives to, to boo. I don't think that's going to matter quite as much. But, you know, maybe it matters a little bit. Um, you know, I, I don't think... Uh, we talked about this during the regular season. The Giants fans very rarely boo the Giants, right? right. And I think we were t- a little bit taken aback, I think, during the regular season when there was a game where the Giants yeah, fans started booing. And I think it was a it was a game where they were playing particularly poorly, especially on defense. And so to me, that felt like not so much them booing any one player, but just booing the team overall and and the product that was being put out on the field. But that being said, that was rare. Right. It it struck us both because that's just not what Giants fans do. Um, Does that make us better? Probably. But, you know, you know, yeah, definitely we're better. We're the best fan base in baseball. We all know it. I mean, everybody likes to point at the Cardinals fans, but what else do those people have? Um, you know, we got a lot of distractions, and we still love our baseball team, you know. So, um, but anyway, the, the, the reason I ask this question is, Matthew, um, 
what do we do? Like the three scenarios are, I've written them down here. The three scenarios for the Giants are they get Aaron Judge. They don't get Aaron Judge because he goes back to the Yankees. And then I also wrote on here, just because I'm a pessimist, the Dodgers get Aaron Judge. What do the Giants do in all of those three scenarios? Like, and what I mean is, what do the Giants do for the rest of the free agency if they do or don't get Aaron Judge? And how angry am I going to be if the Dodgers get him? Well, I, I think, I don't know if it'll be all that different. You know, there's been talk about how it's Aaron Judge or one of the shortstops, right? And so, and I certainly think that's true. I think if, if Aaron Judge doesn't sign with the Giants, then they're going to pivot quickly to one of those shortstops, frankly, because they are the best available baseball players uh, offensively, at least on the market. And so, so yeah, they're going to go after one of those. But if they do get Aaron Judge, I don't necessarily think that precludes them from one of those shortstops. And, you know, you look at the Rangers last year, right? They went for Simeon and Seager in one lump, and nobody saw that coming. And the Padres have been known to do that, right? Where they jump in and get two big guys, like, all at once. And, you know, so it's not unprecedented. Now it's unprecedented for the Giants, but we're at a different time. They they have cleared the books. They are ready to spend. They have the money, and they have the need. So I I think that even if they get Judge, there's at least one more high-priced big name out there that they could go get, and it would be easier because they have Aaron Judge. And and so so that's one thing. And now... You know, there, there's also there's there's two different needs for the Giants. Have they still need another outfielder? Uh, they still need a frontline starting pitcher, and and they you know and we've talked about this middle infield thing. And so I think they could go a few different ways, but I don't think it's necessarily Judge and Dunn. I think it's Judge and maybe one more high price free agent, whether it's a uh, you know, a high one of those one of the pitchers that's on the market, Degrom or uh, or, or was it Verlander, you know, but uh, on a you know short term deal kind of thing, I could see that. I could still see that, and and then there are you know there's some kind of lower tiered offensive players. The Giants have been talking about rumored to be involved with Mitch Haniger, who has had. Uh, some really good seasons and then some not some kind of average seasons. So you never know what you're going to get maybe, but he could be an upgrade uh, there. And so uh, there's Brandon Nimmo that I think, you know, would be a good fit that people have been kind of trying to link to the giants. Uh, but also I think the Mets probably really want him back. Uh, so I, I think that there's still shopping to be had whether or not they get judge. I don't think that's an either or. Okay. I mean, I, I, Hanniger is a really interesting guy because I just think that's something that the previous regime would have loved somebody like Mitch Hanniger. Uh, he did have a down year this year, but folks, a down year for Mitch Hanniger was an OPS plus of 114, which is roughly equivalent to what Dansby Swanson did, who was one of the four shortstops that's available. In, in my book, he's my fourth most, like he's, he's number four on my slot of which of those four would I want. I would take, I would probably take Turner, Bogarts, or Correa interchangeably. Or you get any one of those three guys, I'm going to be happy. Uh, Dansby Swanson is kind of like the, um, you know, the, the uh, consolation, consolation prize. Yeah. Yeah. No offense, Dansby. You're a great baseball player. And, and, and very good defensively, right? So I, I Right, just that. not the but, offensive player that those other three are. Right, right. And, and so, but, but Dansby Swanson is a great free agent, right? He's a good market. And that's roughly where Hanniger was in terms of his... Um, in terms of his OPS plus, and you could, you little... could get Hanniger at half the cost, uh, probably Correct. less, maybe even a third of the cost of Correct. what you could get. Uh, right, because he's an outfielder and because he's he's older, right? And so, um, but but Hanniger is a really good fit. He's not I too would... much older. He's thirty one, I think. He's thirty one. Yes, yeah. yeah. Swanson is what thirty. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but uh, you know, I I like the flashy ones. I I'm I'm pro Nimo. Like yeah, let's get him, right? Um, you know, the, the outfielders, we know that, um, they just agreed to terms with, with Yastrzemski, the Giants did, yep. right? So they settled with him. So he's not going to arbitration. 
Um, you know, Peterson was made the, the qualifying offer of $19 million, which is very just almost even with what the Yankees are giving Rizzo. Um, I, I think that's true for one year. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah. And then you've got, uh, I mean, Slater is, is still under control, right? He's probably at this point, still the best defensive, uh, outfielder available uh, on the giants. Um, and so you do have a good core there, but yeah, you still need one good solid guy and, and I'm definitely Nimmo. But the thing about this is if the giants do sign judge, that's a lot of money that everybody else still has, right? Because the Mets want Judge too, but let's face it, they're not part of the conversation. Right. But they really want him, right? I've been reading a lot about that. And even somebody was. I did. A, did, did you read an article that somebody was like they were the the union was getting a little touchy about the Yankees and the Mets kind of agreeing not to Chase step other's, on each other's yeah yeah Chase each other's free agents yeah yeah and uh and 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 i think aaron judge was a big part of that conversation because i'm sure there's a lot of met fans who would love to have judge um i think there's a lot of baseball fans across the country that would love to have judge uh, agreed agreed i so well agreed but uh but the point is is that every team that doesn't get judge has a lot of money left over but but it, it, getting back to the original question, I agree. Like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, if they get judged, they're not going to go after these other big names. Like, there, there, there are two, either Matthew, I'm correct, and 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 you're incorrect, and, and Farhan Zaidi is just a cheap bastard, <laughs> right? Like, he, he, he can't stand to get, like, he can't stand to overpay for something, so he's just not going to do it. It doesn't matter if he has the money. Right. It's not about that. It's about the principle of getting a good deal, Matthew. And that's kind of how I feel about Farhan. I, I think he does kind of overvalue a bargain to the point where he would rather not overspend and get nothing in return. Right. I, I think that that kind of mentality is how they played the the trade deadline this past offseason, this past season, rather. Mm-hmm. And and so I have this kind of negative view of Farhan. Uh, and so I do believe that he's, you know, that's how he approaches things. On the other hand, I could be an idiot and I could be totally wrong. And that is more likely because let's face it, I am an idiot. And it could have been that they have been clearing the decks, right? The Giants have very, very little committed money for next year at this point beyond their arbitration eligible players, right? They got a they got a bunch of arbitration guys that they have to pay or they have to to DFA. Um, they haven't been like maybe they've been clearing the decks just for this reason, right? The reason mm-hmm. we've been clearing all of this payroll is to spend it, right? Right to get to this point where we can make one huge big splash, and maybe they've been eyeing this all along. Yeah, could be. Right. Maybe two or three years ago, they said, Aaron Judge, he's going to be available. And that's our guy because he's got a lot of Barry Bonds about him, which is, you know, because of Bobby, you know, Barry knew the Giants organization extremely well. He grew up here. He played at Sarah High School. Right. There were a lot of reasons why Barry would want to come back here as opposed to going anywhere else. Right. Obviously, he didn't want to stay in Pittsburgh, but he was going to go somewhere. And the Giants had a really good shot at him because he was a local boy. And maybe that's like, you know, history repeating itself. And maybe that was the plan all along, which means they're not done. Why would they be done? Exactly. You know, they, they wouldn't be, and especially if they want to build a competitive team because they're not. I mean, Judge doesn't make them the competitive team. Uh, I mean, they does, For sure. but he doesn't he doesn't make them the World Series, you know, contending no, team. No, he checks a lot of boxes. And quite honestly, Matthew, you and I talked about this. Like, I'm not going to buy tickets for a Giants team that signs a bunch of guys I've barely ever heard of. Right. Right? If it's all Mitch Hanegers and 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 names below that, and I mean with that with all due respect, Mitch, then I'm probably not buying tickets for April. Right? I'll yeah. see you in July when I know how well you're performing. Right? But if you sign Aaron Judge, then yeah, I'm going to buy some tickets early on in the season just to see Aaron Judge. And so that's a huge part of it. Right? Like, just just put some names out there show me that you can do it like you know and and leave some spots available so that the McCrays and you know the 
the the other young guys that are up and coming. The Lucianos. The, the Lucianos and the... The Matoses. The Zach Harrisons and, and all of that. Yeah, like leave some spots open for those guys so that, you know, they can get the oomph. You know what I really want? You know, the team that I was very jealous of this year, and this is ridiculous that I'm about to say this, was the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> Right, because they brought up uh, Rutschman, Ruchman, Adley Rutschman, Ruchman. I can't remember the catcher. Right? Yeah. They brought yeah. him up early on in the season, and then they brought up their next big prospect, and that was how they tried, and they they really did try to make a run at that last payoff playoff spot. It didn't work out for them, but they were playing meaningful games late into September, unlike the San Francisco. Right. Team. I was going to say they were actually playing better than the Giants, and and. And they were pulling up young guys from their minor leagues to try to give them that oomph. And and those guys played well, and they were exciting, and that was fun. And I thought, what a how much fun that must have been for those poor Oriole fans, yeah. right? Like, that was an enjoyable season, right? Yeah. Because they were able to bring those young guys up. So, yes, let's leave some slots open for those guys. Unfortunately, you know, the minor leagues, have, you know, they took a step back last year. And I, I think probably they envisioned a minor league system that was a little bit more further along the road this year than it has been but yeah so they're gonna have to spend a little bit more because of that but i think also exactly but uh, but there's you know and i but i do think that there are some that are maybe uh that could help this next year right and uh you know casey schmidt being one of them uh who's going to start the season in triple a as a third baseman he just won uh he just won the minor league gold glove uh, for 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 third baseman, not just in the Pacific Coast League or whatever league he's in, it's for the all of minor leagues, and so yeah, you know, I could see I could see him uh, being being a good a part of that next year, and so so yeah. so you know, that's you what you can't... want, right? You want to bring in these big names, and you want to supplement or complement them with our farm system, and that could start next year. Yeah, we don't have all the guns I think in the that we would like, all the horses that we need in the in the miners yet, but there's enough to start the start start us. Yeah. Well, and the point is, like, even if you give Aaron Judge forty million, you've got like what a hundred million left, right? To spend. Yeah. I mean, there's there's for, there's money there. to, for each season. Each season beyond that, there's a lot of great players that you can get for that money. And I think you know, if you can't get them and you need to push the minors, I that I've said this in you know recent episodes. I think we push those kids. We push them. Right? You know, throw put their feet to the fire and see who sticks and who doesn't. Right? Let's let's. Let's do a uh, let's do a Joe Panic and a Matt Duffy situation. Just grab some kids and throw them on the fire and see what happens. And, and you know, and, and I think the Giants have enough guys that are making some noise that one, two or three of them are gonna. Well, maybe two or three is a little much. One or two of them is gonna stick. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, Ben, we've we've reached the hour. We did it. We talked basically a Woo-hoo! whole hour. Well. We talked about cocktails for a while, but uh, 40 minutes or so of Aaron Judge, and and uh, I'm feeling like next week is the winter meetings, and we could have resolution by then. I think we'll know by then, Matthew. I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous. I think we're we we may have then. to like. There might be emergency pod time. I think I think we'll need to do an emergency pod. Yeah. Yeah. Good or bad emergency pod. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even want to think about bad. All right. I didn't even think about that. I was all like, yes, we're going to celebrate when he signs. But yeah, That's you're because right. Because you're the optimist. Jeez. <laughs> listen, right. Matthew, people, right. listen, people listen to our podcast for one of three reasons. Your optimism, my pessimism, or the or cocktails. The yeah, yeah. Or the booze, well. right? It's, it's, it's you, me, or Bob, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, that's true. Bob's uh, the other one. Maybe just they love Bob. Yeah. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Speaking of Bob, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find us? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, while Twitter is still viable, you can follow us at Giant Cocktails. We're also uh, on Instagram at Giant Cocktails, where we all put up our, uh, recipes of our drinks every every week. And uh, you can find all of the cocktails that we've made. Uh, if you're a tequila fan, you can go and find. Uh, I think we've done tequila old fashions twice on there. You can go find those. Uh, lots of recipes that you can browse through if you're looking for cocktails for Thanksgiving. So follow us over there uh, and uh, maybe like 
or review uh, us on the uh, podcast listener of your choice. Uh, it helps us out a lot. If you can do that, that would be greatly appreciated. Tell your friends. Yes, yes. Tell your friends. If you do that, Ben and I will be thankful. And uh, uh, with that, I think uh, we got uh, Thanksgiving Day tomorrow. Happy Turkey Day to you. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving Day today as you're listening to this podcast. That's right, as you're listening. Um, unless we get it out early tonight because we, we recorded early. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Oh, wow. Publish this the night before Thanksgiving? Twas the night before Thanksgiving. And Aaron Judge was on all our minds. <laughs> oh, we could, we could write that. We could write that for next time. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway, folks, uh, it was good uh, good chatting with you. And uh, until next time, I won't even say till next week because maybe it'll be sooner. Till next time, Ben. Cheers. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.